Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Aaron McCoy here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakwe. Yes, Aaron, today we're in island country. Yaman, I said island country. We're right here in the island country of Cross Lanes, West Virginia. And for those of you craft beer lovers in the know, you know we couldn't be anywhere else but at the West Virginia Brick Oven Bistro. And we're here with the coolest cat in Cross Lanes. I'm talking, of course, about Ron Cole Jr. Ron, welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads. You've got a really popular place here among the local craft beer community, and it's like two separate businesses under one roof, TNM Meats and the West Virginia Brick Oven Bistro. Tell me how that's set up. Difficult. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool concept, but um, you're running two businesses, like you said, underneath one roof and, uh, you know, lots, you know, 20 employees when you put them all together. Wow. So it's... Well, let's, uh, let's first focus on TNM Meats. That was the original business here, correct? Yeah, sure was. How long um, has TNM operated here in Cross Lanes? Uh, TNM was started with Ray Moles back in the '80s, so it was about 30 years. Oh wow! He was here, yeah, and uh, he started over in the um, there was a house next door, and then he built this in how he says uh, 012, you know, 2012. Okay, it's funny, but uh, yeah, he's. Uh, He's had that and then since sold to, there was actually an owner between us. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware of that. uh, Yeah, there was a three-year gap there, and then I bought it from her. Okay. How did you get interested in buying it? Well, I was the real estate agent that had it listed for her. Um, It was going into some problems, and uh, she just couldn't handle it anymore. And uh, we were coming up on the six-month listing, and I couldn't find a buyer. And... uh, I didn't want to see it shut down. There was maybe 800 Facebook likes on it, you know, and I was watching it. Don't let it shut down. It was an icon for this area. Right. So we just, uh, at the last minute, um, went to, you know, Putnam County Bank, ran me through the shark tank type thing, and they said, hey, we got your back if you want to do this. If you want to do that. So that was your thought process. I just, I don't want to see this business close. It's been in the area a long time, so. Right, yep. Yeah, so once you did buy it, then... How did you decide to move it from just being a meat market into start uh, being a craft beer retailer? I know you've had cold boxes in here, but when did all that start? Yeah, it was. It was just a straight grocery stores aisles. And, you know, we're down to one row, but all condensed now. But it was, uh, we, I knew within probably four to five months it wasn't, it had to have something, other concept. And uh, at that time, uh, my daughter was struck with uh, leukemia. And we were in uh, uh, Cincinnati Children's area, and we were eating a brick oven pizza. And she said, hey, we need to, uh, I'm graduating. She was struck in February with it, and she graduated in May. And she said, uh, we need, I can't walk, I can't have a grad party. She said, you need to do a brick oven pizza or something in a restaurant, because I know you're OCD, you're cleaning this, and I can have my party there. So that's how. It started. I came back that February, and then May, uh, we were up and going for her grad party. And Yeah. At first, though, you just had the cold boxes. You didn't have drafts. So, I mean, we're going to get into that draft later. But I guess first, when did you first put in the, the beer, though, actually, in the cold boxes and stuff? Yeah. Well, on the grocery store side, the uh, Ray never had 
beer here. Yeah, I didn't think and that there was any nope, out here before you took over. No, and you know he came back to work for me when I bought it. It had to help train to be a butcher, stuff like that, train me a little bit. And uh, I'll never forget when I was just looking at some old pictures the other day, and it was like a, uh, oh, what do you call it? I can't remember, but anyway, we had stacks of Bud Light, you know, in the floor, Budweiser, and it was just started to take off, and he said, oh, I don't ever work. And then it wasn't three months later. He's like, wow, it's working. You know? <laughs> so it, it just started to evolve from there. And then we got into the craft beer. But about that time was when that Growlers kicked in. Is it, um, how, how did you get your interest in craft beer? Um, just that craze. That revolution was just hitting in 2015 when the Growlers were passed. Yeah, uh, but and it for just you personally, like, how? where did you get your taste for the product? Because... Uh, Traveling up this Ohio area, that's where mostly with my daughter and that. And then that was just, it seemed like they were 10 years ahead of us up there. And when I started bringing it back here and then. So that's when you first became a craft beer yeah, fan, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, believe it or not, it wasn't, you know, we did the Chimay's in the day and black and tans from Guinness. But, you know, it's just never went to that point. So it sounds like then it was sort of your daughter's graduation party or the planning for that that really kind of tipped the scale to get you into having adding draft beer here and what year was that and how that how long did it take to get all that started yeah that was uh let's see i bought the business in october 2014 and then um 2000 we on we started with eight taps in 2015 just wasn't four months later right because when the growler started right and we had packages right before that but then the the law kicked in around july or june of that year and then we started with eight taps and then um yeah you've expanded several times since then yeah yeah it went six months later and then we added another uh we went another eight taps and then i think it was maybe another six months later now we're up to 30 taps wow since 2016 so that third expansion was a large one yeah yeah, and uh, you know, being a grocery store side, you know, my my Leslie has the veggie cooler with all the meats and all that. All of a sudden, I'm taking over with 30 kegs. You know, <laughs> you can move over. But today, the Brick Oven Bistro has a pretty encompassing food menu. So let's talk about that. Let's. How did it develop? Yeah, like that uh, started out first with the uh, brick oven. Uh, we opened that in May, and we didn't have the kitchen, so we had a. Our menu is only on a like a six inch by a nine inch card front and back and it was crazy just pizzas and that was it you know basically right. and then uh they uh it was that was uh okay so then seven months later we cut a hole in the wall and that was the storage room and then we added a full-blown kitchen and then now we're up to a pretty extensive Capacity. menu with, yeah and 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 the concept with the two is awesome because our burgers are ground fresh every day right and you know, wings, nothing's froze, but really French fries here. Yeah, it's just all fresh. Um, something that I think really helped you develop, develop a strong following among the craft beer fans were the bus road trips that you organized. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, those, and those have a lot of meaning to them. It, it was pretty wild. Back, uh, the very first one was uh, Brew Dogs. When they first opened up in Columbus, we took a couple vans up there, um, and that was... Uh, August of 2017 so like my and and that was an interesting deal because we had vans go up and then my wife followed us up in the car because then my daughter relapsed so I went up there we had a great time did that everybody drove back I took her car over to Cincinnati 
And so then, then we went from there. The next trip was uh, March of 2018, like six months later, and she was being released from Cincinnati. So we went to Cincinnati with a busload. And again, I stayed. Everybody came back, you know. So I feel for my wife. Everybody, she had to listen to three hours of country roads after drinking beer all day long, you know, coming back. But, you know, we hit some great breweries, you know, like over on the Cincinnati side. We went to Jungles in the beginning, and then we went to Mad Tree, Listerman, 50 West, over to Taft, and over to Rheingeist, ended our night. Yeah, I think that really shows you what a a little more developed, like you say, a a market that's ahead of West Virginia, but how that visiting there can really create some excitement for, for, well, everybody that likes beer, you know. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's where I learn a lot on, it's not just my own palate changing with the flavors and all this, it's just going up there and, and being ahead of the game and coming back here and introducing it, you know, and just the crazes they just really i mean they're like a year or two ahead of us on some stuff you know well that kind of brings me uh, to thinking of today and the fact that you do still stock a lot of canned and bottled beer as well as 30 taps now i'm just really curious about your philosophy here for the beer service at uh, the bistro and tnm how do you select i mean how do you choose how do you narrow down what you carry because obviously even though you have 30 taps which is a lot you can't carry everything yeah, it's uh, like I said, it, it does come from the travels. We learn a lot three hours away. Um, but it also is the customers that are coming in here. You know, you, you have a certain clientele. You have some committed ones here. You know, we've got a, a good group that are here two, three times a week. And, uh, you know, somebody came in like last night, wanted a yingling. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. You know, uh, it's a good lager. I said, you know what, here. I said, take this to him, see what he thinks. Just give him a sip. And I mixed a fat tire and a lost lager together. And he's like, wow, you know, that, that's better. He so you're also yeah. a beer blender here. Yeah, that's it. Like. Yeah, yeah, we can. I can pretty nice. much, if they tell me what they drink, we can, we can pretty much nail it. And that's the thing. We want to transition them. You know, I've got some low pilsners and, and this and that. I've got a huge variety on those. That's what, it's great to have the cans available, mm-hmm. too, like that. But So what styles uh, and what breweries do you find are kind of the most popular currently here at the bar? Um. Gosh, with 30, it's going to be, it's a variety, but the the styles, you know, uh, is the IPAs, you know, it, it, yeah. it changes on IPAs, and it's funny how, and then it goes to the sours. We sell a lot of IPAs and sours, but then again, I do a lot of lagers. Still, those people stuck, you know, on this transition. I'm catching myself going back to a good lager. Hellas lager, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it's interesting, man, but... You've done a lot of uh, business with the local West Virginia breweries, and uh, talk a little bit about your experience with those. Yeah, those guys. I mean, they're great. They're we've had sometimes we've had um, one brewery. I had nine, ten of his taps, you know, rolling theirs, and it was it was. But we we sort of cycle it. Let somebody else play the game for a little while. We'll let people somewhat miss it here, and then when I bring it back, we blast it. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, wow. So we sort of play it around. I mean, there's some awesome breweries. I mean, from, you know, yeah, it's just good representation from them. Can you tell me, um, explain your pricing strategy? That's a tough one because of our market, you know. I mean, um, um, my rent's not as bad as downtown and Huntington rents, you know. So that's an advantage that I have. My next advantage is I do have a, a lower pricing probably strategy than most of you're going to see out there because I go out there and have a beer out there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, oh, am I going to pay for this? But it's like uh, it, it, my, my 
I guess my secret to it is turn the beer. You know, if I have an IPA on more than 21 days, I'm getting a little spooked, you know. Right. And, and we just keep it moving fast. What well, do you I think mean, the local market has come to expect that better beer is going to come with a bigger price tag? Uh, yeah, when you get into the sours and stuff and some of the gouzes, you know, I've got some, but still working on their palates, you know, to get them to that level. But a lot of times my price, it's hard for me to sell a $8 pint here. Right. You, know, or, you, you know, get some feedback or some kickback from your yeah. customer? Yeah, not not really. No, they'll pay. To f- and it, it's funny. I, I have, there's a handful that will come in and the waitress will ask them what they want to drink. They say just whatever Ron suggests. <laughs> and, you know, I go back, I pour more beers that way. It's unreal, you know. So but once they're on it, they're on it. That's good. Yeah. Um, is your business in general still growing do you think yeah yeah it's grown um we've exceeded it. everybody's like oh you need a bigger parking lot but really when you think about it the the seating capacity matches our parking lot so if i had more parking we're gonna have a waiting line out here so it, our, we turn pretty good and you know i yeah i mean if, if i could get a little louder outside maybe buy a property around me it could be a good thing but what's uh some of the biggest hurdles to doing even more business here at this location um we're stuck we just really can't do much more you know if i i could add our our consistent sales you know adding another four tables will bring up a little bit but it's just it's a i've got to do something if i want to bring it up a little you know to the next level but right now we're consistent and we're happy i mean it's got a good group man a lot Mm -hmm. of I'm curious too. Like, uh, what? Where do you see most of your regular customers coming from? Are you tend to be? Are you more of, of just like the Cross Lanes local hangout? It it is. Yeah, it's like Cheers. You know, that's <laughs> it's that's the best way to explain it. And people, you know, they come here, they know your name. It, it's just uh, we do have a big following here um, in the Cross Lanes, just this area. But man, uh, I just claimed my Google site like three months ago, and after five years it's just an influx of new faces i mean people driving from the valley barbersville milton down from charleston it's just it's amazing how many different people are starting to reach out and find us well it is an incredible place and i know from just hanging around with a lot of the craft beer fan community in, in the charleston region that you know everybody talks about this place and always has a good time here so whatever you're doing you're doing it right yeah it, it's fun we have entertainment Every Friday night, we'll have live music, and there's such awesome musicians here in West Virginia. And, you know, if I answered, answered all my emails, and I could book out probably two years. You oh, know, wow. it's just amazing how much talent. And we're already booked out to September, October. And uh, But it's every Friday. Sometimes we'll squeak in a Saturday one, too. So, so let's uh, talk about the future a little bit. What can we expect from Ron Cole and uh, your business operations? Are you looking at anything new down the road? Man, I'll tell you, I've, I've thought, you know, I've had opportunities. People were like, hey, I've got this building. You could do something out here in the valley, you know, for free, five years. You know, let's do it. We need you. We want you in the valley. But as soon as I do that, I, it, right now, it's it's staffing. I've got an awesome staff crew right now. But just as soon as I start to think, okay, I'm going to go look at that, I'm slinging pizzas at night. So I'm just afraid to do a second location um, until I get it figure it out right you know get yeah. the right place here that can be my face here and then be it i've seen them some people's up and leave and go to another one all of a sudden that one shuts you know it's just 
it's tough, man, right now with the, uh, the staffing. Staffing's the key. But I think I think the down the road, you know, I've got to. I've got to do something. Maybe a second um, location? Yeah, yeah. And it's, I've seen it's on social media or on social media, Ron, that you've also gotten a little bit into home brewing. Yeah, yeah. How's that helping you or what are you learning there? <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool. You know, that's another thing. You know, just it's it's what, like another going back to the Ohio thing. You walk out of one microbrew, you turn the corner, you're in another one. You right. know, we just don't have that here in West Virginia. There's no. not enough little looking through the window at a pub, you know, with a mic with a little brewery going on and and I think that'd be cool. You know, I I I did buy a building. There's rumors, you know, I got the next door, the old store. Finally after four years we closed on it. Um it was half my parking lot, got a little scared there, but Ray came through, we finally got it. I had some help with some lawyers in town that really helped me out there. And uh so that if it happens, it'll happen there. You know, just a small three and a half barrel or maybe smaller type throw a few taps over here you know yeah so that's uh then a an active uh project in your head right now you're thinking about how that might work out you've got a space you could do something but yeah yeah, yeah. and i've now I've brewed with a, a good friend um on a couple fridays and uh so we've got some things going you know he, so we'll see how it rolls out man yeah we definitely like to follow that project certainly any developments here as as time goes by here and, and make sure we publicize a little bit of what you're up to yeah absolutely i'm i know all the local craft beer fans will want to know so oh yeah but <laughs> let it, us know that's <laughs> one of those things it's like a that's a crawling stage you got it when you come out of the gate it's got to be like you know like our pizzas you know every one of our pizzas has three ounces of beer we you know no very limited yeast and water no water we use beer so every pizza has three ounces of beer and oh wow it's, yeah I didn't so know it's, that. yeah it's pretty good stuff yeah, that's cool yeah Aaron, i know you've uh, spent a few evenings out here and enjoyed it you told me about that and i certainly have and about everybody we know comes here at least once in a while i know i almost always see a familiar face yeah and ron appreciate all you do what you're doing for the craft beer community and and by offering all these wonderful uh beers that you tend to seek out and find that maybe a lot of the other bars don't carry it's really nice to have that here in the area. It is. It's nice to have the option. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Yeah, That's so great. thank you for yeah. joining with us today uh, on West Virginia Beer Roads. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right. See you guys. Well, it was great being with Ron Cole today, and we sure thank him for letting us take over his office for our podcast recording studio. This brings us to the close of another podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast host. Thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads.